I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And I'm Stephen Veyu. This is Monster of the Week, a creepy but necessary supernatural podcast. <laughs> How are you two gentlemen today? I'm doing well. I feel like every time you say Monster, you need to get like a sweet guitar lick that comes in right after it. That's just some. <laughs> I can get down with that. That'd be pretty. Cool. <laughs> Those are just some notes for you guys. Look, look this is all this is all post production. We're at the beginning of the podcast. Let's not get off topic. <laughs> you can give me notes after oh, the class. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> Uh, so we're here to talk about the TV show Supernatural. Uh, this week we're going to cover season one, episodes six, seven, and eight. Episode six is Skin. Episode seven is um, I've Already Forgotten. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely should be looking at my notes during this because we're a professional-ass <laughs> podcast. Episode eight, seven is Hookman, and episode eight is Bugs, which, oh, yeah. spoiler alert, has some bugs in it. Just a few. <laughs> Steven, you want to catch us up on uh, what we've been doing back then? Sure. So previously on Monster of the Week, the boys continued their search for Papa Winchester. Along the way, Dean befriends a mute kid to flirt with his mom. Sam performs a high-flying exorcism, and the hunky-slash-creepy duo take on Bloody Mary. And during the reflective showdown, it's revealed that Sam had dreamt of Jess's death weeks before it had ever even happened. But Sam decides to keep this super unimportant information a secret from Dean, something that surely won't lead to future problems. Dun dun dun. dun. We should keep a uh, we should keep track of how many secrets the boys keep from each other over these next twelve <laughs> seasons. Can somebody start a spreadsheet? <laughs> we'll do that in post. We'll do that in post. Don't worry about it. If they lie about such major things, you can only imagine what other little things they lie about like who drank the last beer, like Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps it a and it's not even just like a you know. You, he, it's something that he like looks out the window and reflects on. While the secret, you know what I mean? And then they eventually pull the car over on the side of the road, and they have to. They look away from each other and talk about it. Damn it, Sammy! There were five beers left. <laughs> now there were three. Ah, ah, ah. I just want to see Sam. I just want to see Dean kind of freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you think I'm gonna go dark side or something? <laughs> All right. Uh, already a great episode. <laughs> you want to get into uh, episode six? I do. Why don't you uh, read us the episode synopsis? Okay. Skin. A demonic shapeshifter takes on the likeness of Sam's college buddy to commit a gruesome murder. When the brothers investigate, the being borrows Dean's form to continue its killing spree. Good deal. So uh, I, this is maybe the best episode of season one that we've seen so far. It's really good uh, and yeah. it definitely has the best cold open of the series absolutely of the 100%. season yeah that uh anagata devita track over like the because what we see here our cold open is um cops gearing up to go fuck some shit up like cops do like um, hardcore swat team yeah like swat teams guns like automatic weapons they're busted in with like the door jammer i'm assuming it's called a door jammer i'm not i'm not a cop yeah, no, um, I don't know. sure that works <laughs> if it's uh, not it's called also, a door jammer like... do your job what are you doing <laughs> get on that uh that's also intercut with like really ominous shots of um someone tied up and bloody and then another figure holding a knife um kind of like stalking through the house yeah, and like, again, the soundtrack Anagata Devita, like this is just this whole thing just really, really works. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't imagine what it would be like without that. Th 
Um, it's, you, it sets the mood so well. It, it paints like – it takes what we're seeing and makes it into something totally different. Absolutely. So cool. Did any of us watch it on Netflix to see if that song gets replaced? I did. <laughs> as soon as I watched oh. the intro, I went right back to Netflix, and uh, it is some like – it's actually not a bad song. It's just not Anna Gata DeVita. So, like, it's it's just like some, like, like heavy kind of – I don't want to say it's a heavy metal song, but it's like a heavy song with a lot of metal like attributes. Nondescript riffing going on. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's very, like – it's very chug-chug, if, if that makes any sense, like if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, definitely recommend going to watch it a little bit because it will make you laugh, <laughs> but it's, it's not great. <laughs> But we uh, see the camera rolls out, and we see that the person holding the knife that's been threatening this this young woman is actually none other than Dean Winchester. Yeah. So I guess he's gone dark side. And it's a pretty gruesome picture we're looking at. You know, this yeah. is like it's kind of like a almost a real life type of terror. It's not some ghost or like vampire. It's a dude tied a girl to a chair, and he's coming at her with a knife. Like it's it's pretty real. Yeah, it's, yeah, and, like it's it, she's it, very bloody. He's very bloody. Like she's obviously been not treated very nice. So like yeah. this, this looks like this looks very bad for Dean Winchester. Yeah, that that face reveal when he turns and you finally see that it's him. Uh, it definitely brings up some uh, pretty huge question marks. <laughs> yeah, because like uh, this is in. I think this is speaking to uh, Jensen's acting. Uh, like the look on his face, you can tell that he's not like, oh, I'm caught, you know, in a real bad position. Like this is a misunderstanding. Like when you see him, he he turns around. He kind of looks like he's enjoying whatever is going on. Mm. Uh, before, it, do we see him jump out the window at this point, or is that spoilers later? We do. Yeah, the cops run in and see the two of them. Dean looks up, and that's where we see Dean for the first time. And then he immediately jumps out the window. Okay. So yeah, that, that's our cold open. Then we get the letters on the screen one week earlier, yeah, marking the first time that we've had a time jump in the series. But hey, hey mm-hmm. not the last. <laughs> Watch out for those. <laughs> Do we know how much time has passed from episode one to now? You know, we don't, and I'm glad you bring this up because mm-hmm. what we see at this very first scene is um, Sam and Dean, like, pulling into the gas station to gas up the Impala, and um, Sam is on his, like, Palm Pilot device because <laughs> like, it's 2005 and Apple hasn't released the iPhone yet. Um, and he's, like, looking at emails, and Dean starts making fun of him, and he's like, oh, I'm just keeping up with my Stanford friends, and he's like, why? And I'm like, Dean, it was a week ago. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm still alive. I, I think that, like, um, man, I think it's between episodes one and two, actually. I think there's something like two to three weeks that have passed. Um, so they don't really uh, try to, like, I know how most shows, uh, episode to episode, they try to keep it, you know, the time that has passed has been a week Mm-hmm. Um, but this show definitely seems to kind of they'll throw in a line like, "Oh yeah, that was like four weeks ago when we um, we saw that Wendigo or something like that when it was only just last week's episode." Um, so I always get the the feeling that there's at least a couple of weeks that have passed between each episode. Uh, notwithstanding that, I know some of like I haven't read them, uh, but some of the books, supernatural books, I know take place between episodes. So usually there are times of like immense like time passing. Wait, the boys need wait. a break every once in a while, I guess. We're not going to have to cover the books, right? I, I'm just, I was I would thinking like about to. it. <laughs> I'm sure that they're just so bad that it would be really fun, too. <laughs> I am literally not doing I'm sorry. anything but reading a book. Like, every single kind of media I consume <laughs> is for a podcast right now. If you take books away from me, too, I don't have anything left. Every, uh, I will uh, be giving what everything. What about the Dark Tower, Jeremy? Oh, uh. Shut up, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> So Sam really misses his friends that he hasn't seen in like three weeks or whatever. He still keeps in touch, you know. Um, and 
we find out that Sam's friend is her name Becky. Am I yep. am I pulling that out of my yes. ass? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, oh, I'm looking at your notes. Of course, Becky Hoplond. Right. Uh, her brother has just been accused of brutally murdering his girlfriend. Uh, another like really serious thing that of course everyone involved is going to take super lightly. Um, Sam and Dean show up at Becky's house, right? And uh, she's she seems to be holding up pretty well. She's just like, hey, Sam, it's great to see you. Come on in, guys. Um, never mind the fact that, you know, her brother's currently in holding for a crime he didn't commit, but whatever. Yeah, like, someone she grew up with is now, like, in every way been linked to torturing and then murdering someone that he supposedly loves. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what's up, guys? You want a beer? <laughs> <laughs> This this whole thing is is pretty weird because we get that classic like this and this happens several times uh, throughout the series like where Sam comes up with a lead for the boys and Dean is just not having it. He's like, "This isn't us. Like this is just some standard bullshit thing. We don't investigate standard bullshit." And I'm like, "I am sure that you guys have investigated some bullshit before." Oh yeah, pretty much every episode starts with them. This isn't our thing, and then well, I guess this is our thing now. Yeah, yeah, they'll do that for after a the while. first commercial break, and um. <laughs> To any outsider, this is a cut and dry, like, dude brutally murders his girlfriend. Uh, this cut and dry is something like that can be. Uh, but, of course, it's they have video evidence of Zach, the brother, uh, going into the apartment building at whatever time. Uh, and yet, Becky claims that Zach was with her at that time. So, it's definitely raising some of, some of Sam's eyebrows. One, one or two of his eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I like this scene, too, because um, Sam – okay, number one, he got an email from this chick. Was she just, like, sending out everything about this to her college buds? Like, hey, guys, uh, here's my notes for Biology 101, and yesterday my brother was arrested for murdering his wife, but it definitely wasn't him. <laughs> Toodles, <laughs> Becky. <laughs> so, like, Sam – but Sam justifies, like, oh, we can help because my brother is a cop. Dean is a cop. And Dean has this great, I'm not a fucking cop look. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> He just has to be like, okay, yep, whatever you yep. say, Sammy. <laughs> Sam's always throwing him under the bus like that, but Dean's pretty good at rolling back from it. And uh, so Becky takes uh, Sam and Dean to the scene of the crime. Um, uh, something that kind of made me like, if this just happened yesterday, and obviously it did, like they still like the, it's still under lock and key, but like there's no cops around in the middle of the day. Which, yeah, there would definitely still be people there. Exactly. If that was the case. And uh, and later we're gonna get this thing where she says something to the extent of uh, when she finds out that the boys aren't like who they're actually saying they are, she's like, "This could ruin his case." And I'm like, "Girl, you should not have been in his place if you're trying to save him for a trial. <laughs> like you've already done it." <laughs> Yeah, and also just, like just that probably makes you implicit at that point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, she decides to here, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Hmm. Okay. Uh, somewhere in here, Dean starts saying to Sam, "Like, hey, buddy, you're still lying to your friends. Like, when are you going to start being honest?" And I think these three episodes, especially, start to kind of draw those lines. Where in Bugs, in fact, Dean gets called out for being a liar, and mm -hmm. they say, "Oh, Sam is honest." But I think that there's a there's a pretty big difference between the fact that. Dean lies to other people, but he's pretty honest with himself, I think, while mm -hmm. Sam is honest with other people, but is lying to himself about who he is or, like, the fact that he thinks he can still keep different parts of his life separate when clearly they're all uh, going to collide. Yeah, because before they even uh, took on the case, Dean brings up, uh, brings up while they're still at that gas station that um, Sam is going to have to eventually, you know, cut all of those people out of his life because there's just no room uh, to keep friends like that, um, 
you know, whenever they have this lifestyle going on where they're actually, you know, hunting going across the country and stuff, because that's just not going to, it's not going to jive with having, you know, regular friends back home. Right. You know, they could solve all this stuff if they just traded in the Impala for like a Google Maps car. Because then they'd have an excuse to like be going on these back roads, right? Like, oh, that's my job. I drive around that's the backwoods <laughs> mapping out the roads for Google. <laughs> Problem solved. I can, I can, I can have my friends now. Um, Old cars like that require so much upkeep too. And I know and I think Dean, it's always spotless too. Yeah, but D- Dean's good at taking care of the car. He knows what he's doing. But all the pit stops they must have to make—that's what's happening in these weeks between episodes. The Impala <laughs> broke down, and Dean's going to fix it. <laughs> And I guess Sam just like emails his friends. <laughs> yeah. But the first sign uh, that, uh, that there's actually something supernatural happening is when Dean walks outside and then sees a dog like just going nuts and barking. Yeah. And uh, the Becky tells him, oh, that dog used to be really nice. And when did the dog change? Well, guess what? It was the night of the murder. So Even before that, uh, I noticed because I knew that that part was coming. But as soon as they walk uh, into the, the crime scene or before that, when they pull up in front of the house the dogs are already barking and they're just in the background, but it goes on throughout basically the entire scene. Hmm. Yeah. The dogs are doing a better job protecting this place than the actual police are. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> what uh, else is new? Yeah. Seriously. Am I right? <laughs> so uh, at this point, Becky says, Oh yeah, I've already got all the camera footage. So we, you, we can show you that we can show you Zach leaving. Um, and, it, and then we switch over to uh, Zach who is, you know, as we don't know it yet, but there's something really suspicious going on here. Um, mm-hmm. And Zach is seems to be stalking this dude. And like normally, I would think like, okay, well, this guy has like access to extra money, or this dude has access to like this thing that I'm trying to steal from a corporation. Here, it just looks like our monster of the week is just like trying to get in his wife's pants. Like, did you guys read this as well? <laughs> like, where it looks really, yeah. really gross. It, it yeah, doesn't... I mean, the, his, I mean, his uh, uh, motivations even come to light later. And yeah, he's just a gross, lonely monster, I guess. Yeah, his his motivations really do seem to be, if not sexual, it definitely physical. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre and 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 super gross. Um, at this point, we cut back over, and there's this scene where Sam asks his friend, "Like, hey, can I have a beer and maybe some sandwiches?" <laughs> and like, line, that always so... cringe. It's so bad. <laughs> it's the first line is like, "Hey, can we take those beers now?" And yeah, sure. I brought I brought it up earlier. No big deal. And then, oh, Becky, uh, I want some sandwiches too. Yeah, man. Can it's I get some so fucking pizza rolls up in this piece? Bro. She's like, "This isn't Hooters, you fucking dick." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> but I know he's trying to buy time so they can like chit chat. Maybe, maybe just save the conversation till after Sam. Yeah. Or maybe just walk outside. Bex, we got some cop <laughs> shit to talk about. <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut back over, and now we see we're back with the. I keep saying shapeshifter. Like I think everybody who's listening to this is like spoiler alert. It's, there's going to be some shapeshifting happening. Um, yeah. The uh, we see the shapeshifter. Well, we see the guy from earlier that the shapeshifter was watching um, come home apparently a little bit early, finds his wife tied to a chair, goes to release her, and she starts. She's obviously terrified of him. And this is a similar to the scene at the first. Is it's it's a, it's pretty gruesome like this chick looks bloody she looks beaten she's tied to a chair like i don't want to know what this chick has been going through at this point and like there's even like small stuff like uh like whenever he just walks in and at first he doesn't notice like i think this scene's really effective where he walks in and he just kind of says her name he's like hey my flight was canceled 
and like he just notices like it's something small like like a face is knocked over or a picture is knocked over or something like that and like something like that is like actually like like you said before chris like almost like real life kind of scary yeah, like you really walk hard into by. your home and then like something is like you don't know what exactly but something is severely off um, whenever you get there like that's super creepy um then yeah like just like the fact that this isn't a monster that's gonna like eat you know eat somebody or something like that but he's like he's just gonna like torture them and then murder them because he's emotionally unstable like that's super scary yeah did he murder this woman no no, no not yet because yeah, i know that the husband comes out. home finds her she freaks out thinking that her husband is the one who attacked her the husband then hears somebody else so he goes to investigate and then he gets conked over the head uh he doesn't get killed because he ends up getting arrested but i don't know if she was actually killed or not i can't remember no i think uh, they don't she, they basically oh, forget yeah. this chick exists like and I that's don't think she's this dude mentioned. gets the rawest deal because <laughs> yes he, he gets arrested but his loved one his wife or whoever this is thinks that he did this to her and even though the police let him go and they're like okay it wasn't you it was this fella dean winchester spoilers um you're free to go his girlfriend or whoever is still going to look at him and be like, you're the man who attacked me, not that hunky white guy. Like, they're different yeah. races. Like, they look differently, you know? So, it, it's... This this guy really got the shit out of the stick. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's just more that carnage. Is, that is starting to become, like, a really common theme, like, looking forward to, uh, like, the wake that the brothers leave behind them of just, like, the, the leftovers that they leave are just, like, really sad. Right. And, yeah. of course... This isn't anything that Sam and Dean can do much about Obviously, other than go yeah. to her house and say, hey, so here's the situation. Uh, a monster called the Shapeshifter attacked you and not and not your husband. But uh, it's still a huge drag when you like stop and think about it. So sometimes it's better to not stop and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and the show definitely doesn't want to stop and think about it because as soon as they stop and no think way. about it, they have to like write around it. And like nobody yeah. wants – nobody has time for that. If they focus too long – on what's happening then we realize women are being like brutally murdered yeah and nobody really seems to give a shit about it um no, no. just beer and sandwiches um, please so at this point uh the dude <laughs> yeah beer and sandwiches all the way um <laughs> sam and dean go out to investigate um again because i think at this point like uh becky tells him like somebody else murdered his oh no she did die didn't she because they find out the same thing happened to the guy yeah 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 sorry oh, yeah. So she, because so that chick is definitely randomly, murdered yeah 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 <laughs> like they're randomly investigating uh i guess where he was last seen um and then that also happens to be like, like across the street from also i want to know where is it that bright Five thirty in the morning I don't know. It's broad daylight out, and Dean's like, oh, it's so early. And I'm like, dude, it looks like it's like 12 o'clock. I felt like Dean in that scene, though, when we were recording on Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> you guys are all like bright and chipper, and I was like, I'm... Episode two, poor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys go out to investigate the scene of this new crime, and um, uh, like Dean is just being a, a total fucking dick about this. Like, he is just like, this isn't us. I don't even care about any of this. Like, why are you even bothering with this? Meanwhile, Sam finds a fucking handprint and blood on a light pole. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe. The cops missed? <laughs> um, and there's this weird exchange where Sam is like, well, I mean, do you think it could fly? Because they can't find any more tracks. And then, C and then Dean is like, no, he probably just went to the sewer. There's a grate right there. And then, like, let's all just jump in the sewer. Why would you ever go down into the sewer? This happens in the bugs episode too, where they find a hole in the ground filled with bugs and like, let's jump in. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they just love going down into holes, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, subtextual there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sure, sure. But they do go down <laughs> into, into the hole. They uh, Sam and Dean both try to fit into the hole, and it's pretty tight. But they both manage to get down there, and then they find some some weird uh, they find some weird goo in there, and. <laughs> It gets all over Dean's hands, and they're looking at it. Uh, they don't know. Okay. So, uh, I can't go any further with that. Three, uh, they, just they, three young adults talking about Supernatural. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> just three adults just having a good time talking about Supernatural. Guys, guys, this, this is serious. This is serious. Uh, they find this. For real, that shapeshifter skin is so gross. Like, it's, it's like the grossest thing. But for real, it does look like a used condom. Like. Yeah, it's super, super gross. Which is the grossest thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. this, like, a gross mesh. And I don't know if they if it's here that they figured but, uh Yeah, they because they, they figured out, um, like, before they get into the sewer, they, they, they see something to f- determine um, that it's a shapeshifter. Uh, I think based on the it's video the, and the things flashing eyes and all that. Um, so they... Before they even jump into the hole, like they go get their their silver bullets that they carry around next to the nightlight and the flare guns in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I think that they've gone in being like, we know exactly what kills this monster. Yeah. Let's go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, because they can turn to, of course, Dad's journal or the Supernatural Wiki to find out what a shapeshifter is. You guys ready? You get, did, yeah, yeah. Ready. I, just, I just want you to know that I'm editing out every time you say the Supernatural Wiki. It's just going to be Dad's journal. <laughs> Oh, good. Are you also editing out (laughs) Okay, let's do this. Dad's journal. Shapeshifters can take on a living or dead person's physical appearance by shedding their skin. When they change, they literally become the person they're mimicking, gaining everything, including fingerprints and DNA, uh, as well as like memories and stuff like that. They can also mimic wounds, even very serious ones. Once a shapeshifter transforms into that person, they can access the thoughts and memories of the person. I already said that part. They are mimicking, uh, provided that the person is still alive. Um, shapeshifters are not exactly a mainstay in Supernatural, but they definitely occur or they show up more often than some of the other monsters. Mm-hmm. And um, their mythology sort of like shifts to like fit the situation. But a consistent thing uh, is that they are weak to silver. I think you can decapitate them and they die. Uh, and as well as their their eyes, their silver eyes that show up on camera. Um, but sometimes the shifters shed their skin and leave this gross mess behind, like in this episode. Uh, but th- I think later on, there are just there are times when shapeshifters just like transform and it's fine. Uh, well, even, now, in, um, even in this episode, it's like it, when we actually finally get to see it transform for the first time, it looks like a really like intensive and very messy um process Mm -hmm. but then it will like change in a matter of minutes later on like back to whatever else it wants to be and like there's like they don't show like the really gross like flesh puddle it must leave behind um there are are gifts playing next to this description of shape shifting that is really upsetting right now Yeah, shape-shifting on a whole is kind of like one of the grosser things. Like impersonating a, like a different person to take over their life is, is something that I feel like is super invasive and, and horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like that, I find it actually mm-hmm. kind of scary. Like I don't want anybody really to is. pretend me to be, to be me. And there are a lot of yeah. stories of, uh, of doppelgangers and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, these are other urban legends that I won't go too into. But essentially, it's like if you meet your doppelganger in real life, you're, it's supposed to mean your death. Uh, and for whatever reason, it's the, the dark version, uh, according to the internet. <laughs> and uh i mean that's kind of what these are like they just become you and then they can take over your life if, if they want to like, i suppose 
Yeah, because um, while they're down here, they get um, I think what is it, is does I know Dean uh gets his, he gets wounded uh in his shoulder, um, but is do they actually see the guy first? The guy gets the drop on him. Or so like they're them? they're okay. they're they're walking, and then they decide because they're great at tactics. Like let's split up and explore this place that we've never seen before. Um, and also splitting up is literally the worst thing you could do when there's a shapeshifter around. I know. (laughs) Um, but then I think the shapeshifter gets the drop on Dean. Uh, Sam runs over and finds Dean like hurt. And then, uh, you know, then they split up again to go chase it down. And, um, before we get too far away from dad's journal, Chris, does dad's journal have anything in there about the shapeshifter being able to shift into clothes as well? Cause this is a thing that bugs me <laughs> constantly with shapeshifting. Even, you know, I, <laughs> I haven't thought about it, but it would almost make sense. It doesn't like if it can replicate the way hair looks or eyeballs look, maybe it can replicate the way it that clothing looks. Though, because uh, Becky talks about how who, there was someone who broke. Oh yeah. 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 So well, it totally you can't uh, do that. And in a later episode, when we see it again, it it leaves behind the clothes, and that's the clue that they find that it's shifted. You're totally right. Um, so but, guess, but they so play yeah, fast and loose with that right Dean's here. Signature clothing. Where does he get Dean's clothes? Actually, at? No, <laughs> we we find Dean whenever Sam. All right, so yeah, so once they get out of the sewers, they split up, uh, and then they come back around, and Dean is very obviously not Dean at this point. When we actually come back to Dean, he is missing um, his overshirt and jacket at this point. So as long as he had like non you know oh yeah he takes standard Dean's jeans and everything too. yeah like he take like we find dean and he doesn't have any of that like he just has his like uh undershirt in his pants on is essentially all he's got yeah i, I wrote down something else here that was almost embarrassing because i was like being a tryhard english major uh but when i was talking about how sam lies to himself or where dean is more open and honest with himself whether they're that's true or not i don't know but i i was backing up my uh my thesis here when sam runs around the corner because they split up in the street to go of course chase out the shifter uh sam conceals his gun while dean holds it out in the open and i was like hmm, one is being honest with themselves and one is not being honest. <laughs> i like it i like it yeah <laughs> sam know, is pretending I, to be I, I somebody can... else he's putting on the mask of a normal person yeah because i'm an well, asshole i think that's that actually what i came I up think with that says like i don't think it's as kind of like lame as you're thinking that is because i mean that is just that is who sam is like he's constantly trying like from the beginning of the show and like he actually continues to struggle with that for like the next uh number of seasons is that he's he's always the one that's quick to um uh try to comfort other people around him like he's constantly trying to to tell them hey it's going to be okay we're going to get this taken care of anytime they're out in public he's always the one of the two of them that is trying to not be the most conspicuous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that actually kind of really lines up really well with like this thesis statement that <laughs> Sam is consistently lying to himself and the people that he's close to while trying to put up this facade of honesty uh, to everyone else around him. But he's still, he's despite all that, he's still pretty uh, quick thinking because when they, the boys get back to the Impala after this exchange, uh, Sam immediately just starts questioning this shifter dean um and even when shifter dean answers the questions correctly sam still knows something's up like the guy passes every test and to the viewer if you weren't really paying attention you might think like yeah uh sam you're kind of overreacting but mm-hmm. sam like he knows he knows his brother to a t and he just knows something's wrong here i mean i, I mentioned it last episode in the first place he, he's holding that l2 <laughs> for the hunter senses y'all that's what he's doing right. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that, yeah. the shifter's coming up glowing bright ass yellow he knows something's going on 
Which I'm pretty sure Dean wasn't yellow before. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> so the shifter knocks uh, Sam out and then takes him into his sewer dungeon, <clears throat> which is, I mean, sure, whatever. Let's just skip right past that. But uh, this is the moment <laughs> where, uh, like, the shifter goes on this long tirade, and we we brought this up in the very in the pilot episode of this show of this podcast about moments where something is either possessing or pretending to be one of the brothers and going into like a deep mm-hmm. confessional mode. And Oh boy. Like, and I, I find it weird that the shifter like shifted into Dean and then like holds his head. Like he's taking like a, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know what he's doing. He, he feels like he's, uh, I'm not even gonna get with that reference. Don't worry about it. But he like holds his head up and just starts like remembering all of Dean's memories, which doesn't really jive with me on the way that's, shifters work but i don't care who cares i'm not going to get into the into the thing but the best part is that he just starts laying into sam going into daddy issues daddy always took care of you you got to go away i had to stay like this whole thing like it's it's actually pretty fun Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's like and you can tell that it's like i like when this happens because then it means uh one of the two brothers gets to really just chew the scenery with their acting like they can kind of let loose and uh go into really fun villain monologue mode while also like in in a sideways fashion fleshing out their character a little bit more like i think it's eventually it it kind of becomes a parody of itself because it happens so often but for now this is actually a really kind of a smart way to quickly get across um character motivations and exposition while also being like but is it really what this all means Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know you can never really trust the source and it can serve the plot too just to Mm -hmm. have the shifter degrading sam for whatever reason just to weaken his his spirit yeah, exactly. So, like, he could be lying, but he could also be telling the Although truth. Although I, I wish that we got a little bit uh, of a different Dean, like a different take from Jensen Ackles. Uh, I, I know that they're just having him play as Shifter Dean, but I wish that once the jig was up, the Shifter inside of him would just kind of revert to a more natural self, and we would get to see Jensen Ackles act a little bit more uh, strange, I guess. Uh, and he yeah, does, like, he actually does person. let loose at uh, what is it season 10 or something like that? No spoilers, but uh, Jensen takes on a different kind of role that I actually really like. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, to just to get us through some plot stuff here, uh, not Dean, in other words, the shifter who's sh- currently shifted is who is pretending to be Dean um, goes to Becky's house <laughs> and like proceeds to like light some candles, put on some R and B music. <laughs> like, super <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing, this 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 whole approach makes me realize like why he thinks he can only be with a woman who's tied to a chair and beaten because you are a fucking creep, man. Like you are weird. He starts going on about how he was just a a misshapen person when he was born and like just looking for love and like I, I really thought we were going to hear like a Garth Brooks song at this point. It was kind yeah. of it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Um, also, why does the shifter not change to Sam? Like, she doesn't, she is like kind of like, you know, I'm done with both of you at this point because she finds out that Dean's not really a cop. But like, I would feel like she'd be way more trusting of like Sam showing up to try to apologize more than Dean. As we'll find out here like, in a few minutes, why, like, it, it hurts to shift, right? Like, um, like I it, guess, yeah. Yeah, like they, they, he had already shifted into Dean once. So, yeah. yeah when did we him. actually see that? Is that. That happens he later that we see that process. Dean. Is that what it is? This, okay. yeah. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. We, um, uh, I think it's interesting that she calls Becky when she finds out originally that uh, Dean's not really a cop and Sam lied to her. She calls him out and she's all pissed. Uh, and she's like, no, forget it, Sam, whatever. And she hangs up on him. I would 
he's like, Becky, wait, let me explain this to you. She just and she hangs up. I would want some. I would want some goddamn answers. Like, what, <laughs> yeah, like, no, tell me what you're so, doing here. Yeah. Super weird explanation. <laughs> he's like, wait, I can explain. I'd be like, all right. Please explain. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Go ahead. I might still hang up, but this is pretty weird. I want some answers. <laughs> anyway, that, that bothered me a little bit, but whatever. Uh, um, so then uh, the shifter at some point, a thing happens and shifts into Becky for like a double double twist. Well, yeah, no, wait, wait. This is my favorite part, though, because uh, in the sewer dungeon, Dean wakes up, Sam wakes up. They free each other because they, they really have to learn how to get out of bondage gear when you're, you know, Papa Winchester's boys. Um, and then they call the cops on Dean. <laughs> That's <just> so good. <laughs> And they actually like not. get put an uh, an APB out on Dean Winchester. Like that's just fantastic. Yeah, like, there's like a wanted like drawing of him that's up on TV and stuff. He's like, oh man, this is so bad. <laughs> it's so funny that that goes out and then uh, like a man wanted for like brutally murdering several women. And then in the next episodes, they get arrested and Dean's like, oh no, he's just a frat boy. We're we're up to we're good. Yeah. We're good old boys. <laughs> it's like they wouldn't like run his. I don't. I don't know. Who cares? Let's move on. So after they call the cops and say that Dean has this poor woman like trapped, this is where we catch up to the cold open. So Becky is tied to the chair. Uh, the shapeshifter is just giving speech after, like he's going full fucking Magneto at this point. Just like, okay, we get it. We get it. You don't like humans or whatever. Just get to the end part. Um, and then uh, this is where Dean jumps out and he runs out. And this is, I think the first time that we see shirtless Dean in the, in the series. So yay for that. Everybody take a drink. Um, kind of gross though. <laughs> yeah, and then proceeds to fingernails fall out. Yeah, yeah, his teeth start getting messed up. This is a really gruesome, like physical effect. This is one of my like favorite it's things great. in this episode. It's really good. Absolutely, it's very um, werewolf in London. Like it really reminds me of that. Just like the anatomy of a thing changing. Mm -hmm. Like oh god, that's so like gross and like it, it kind of reminds me of like if this is a weird uh, reference, but um. It, this is how I like to imagine whenever Yoshi transforms in a Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo. Like he changes into like a helicopter or like a train. This is how I like to imagine it happening. Just like the most painful, <laughs> disgusting thing. Oh. oh man, poor fucking Yoshi, man. Yeah, jeez, man. <laughs> so what do they do? Do they end up icing this thing or not? Um, pretty much, yeah. Well, we, no, because we, we, at this point, this is whenever it, it goes up, and then it kept... Why do they leave? I forget why they... Did they just go back down to the sewer to find... Um, because they split up again. And, like, I think it's, uh, Sam winds up going to see Becky, and then Dean's gonna go back down to, into the sewer, um, to see if he can find, uh, the shifter. And yep. then at that point, um, Sam goes to Becky's house, and she's like, okay, come in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she got all the bruises and everything. Um, and then Sam's sitting down and it turns out he's explained everything. Uh, you know, it was actually a shifter this whole time. And that's what's been going on. This is how you um, kill them. <laughs> he makes it very clear. Yeah. Like, yep, yeah, we gotta, you gotta, yeah, it's gonna be a silver bullet. Yeah. Um, and then that's whenever it's revealed, it cuts back to Dean and he, uh, he pulls a blanket off of something. And it turns out that Becky's actually captured down in the sewer layer. Mm -hmm. um, Becky's the shifter. No. And, and then she changes um, back to Dean. Yeah, Why? that I was going to bring this up because not only does that happen, but it happens super fast. Like they, they just showed yeah. this like lengthy transformation scene where he goes through like a whole lot of pain, but like now he can just like change at the drop of a hat. So sure, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Sam's knocked out. Uh, there's 
you know, he comes to him and Dean, not Dean, fight, and then Sam gets thrown into some bookcases. And then uh, <laughs> my favorite part of the episode outside of the transformation, Dean shows up, the real Dean, and just fucking blows this guy away. Like, it's a fucking yeah, uh, like awesome. renegade option in Mass Effect 2. Just rolls up yeah. and pow, 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 done. <laughs> Roll credits. And then rips his necklace off of him and takes it back. Baller move. Yeah, but all of this yep. just leaves us with uh, Dean as a wanted man, and basically the boys have to uh, beat, beat and get out of there. Yep. Yeah, which I think that which, we, uh, this actually comes back up. I think I think it's next season. Whenever it this does, stops, it does show up again. This yeah. kind of like comes back up in uh, like the one time that they leave uh, something in like utter chaos, and then the consequences follow them later. <laughs> yeah, they they eventually at some point like. They actually make it a plot point that the cops are chasing these two because, you know, and, and if you, again, I think we talked about this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the episode or just in our, in our DMs, but like the, the list of crimes that the, the, the Winchesters commit on a regular <laughs> basis, like disturbing graves, stealing, burning property. <laughs> I mean, like. I do like the, uh, the idea that they have, that they eventually uh, develop, um, uh, this kind of like the oh God, what's, oh my God, my brain is shutting down. What's the word? Uh, reputation. The, yes, reputation. Thank you. Oh my God, uh, the reputation <laughs> for being like cultists, like real weird, like into like cult stuff. Just because like that's always what's following them around is they show up in towns where there's weird signs and then bodies are desecrated and things like that. Like I, I like that that like becomes a thing that uh, follows them around. Yeah. Any uh, any wrap up thoughts on this episode, Chris? I'm fine. I'm fine with this. You're good. <laughs> Just I'm, I'm good with leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, what about you? I'm good to go. Cool. Well, let's move into uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Hookman, which is just, spoiler alert, there's going to be a Hookman in this episode. <laughs> I love the real obvious one, like the Bloody Marys and the, uh, the, the I mean, it's just it's just so good. Wendigo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Season 1, Episode 9 they is just crippling over. depression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alcoholism. This <laughs> oh, got so sad. Season 12, so, uh, Episode 15, Diabetes. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Those burgers are catching up to Dean. The man's almost 40. He lives like that all the time. He, does, you know? he gets a hard read at the beginning of uh, season four. So you're it's right, hard. right. Okay. Um, do you guys want to turn to Dad's journal to get the Hookman legend started? Because our cold open is basically the Hookman. Right yeah, yeah. The let's, let's get into Dad's journal immediately. Okay. So the basic premise of the Hookman involves a young couple parking at the radio plays while they make out. Making out is key to this. Uh, suddenly, a news bulletin reports that a serial killer has just escaped from a nearby institution. The killer has a hook for, uh, for one of his hands. For varying reasons, they decide to leave quickly. In the end, the killer's hook is found hanging from the door handle. Different variations include scraping sound found on the car door or heard on the car, car door. Some versions uh, start that way, but have the couple spotting the killer, warning others, and then narrowly escaping with the killer holding onto the car's roof. The couple are later killed. Uh, in an alternate version of this legend, the couple drive through an unknown part of the country late at night and stop in the middle of the woods because either the male has to relieve himself or the car breaks down uh, and the man leaves for help. While waiting for him to return, the female turns on the radio and hears the report. 
escaped mental patient. She is then disturbed many times by a thumping on the roof of the car, and she eventually exits exits and sees the escaped patient sitting on the roof, banging the male's severed head on it. Another variation has the female seeing the man's butchered body suspended upside down from the tree with his fingers scraping the roof. So there are a lot of versions of this. And in fact, this episode of Supernatural uses yet another version of this urban legend, uh, which isn't necessarily tied to the Hookman, but I heard it in my own real life growing up, uh, a story of a roommate coming home or a sibling who shares a bedroom with somebody coming in late at night, uh, as we see in this episode, and saying like, oh, hi, hello there, uh, roommate or sibling. Uh, in this case, it is a roommate. Uh, in the version I heard, I was told this story as a kid as if it were a true story. Somebody was like, oh, this happened to my cousin. And the girl came home from wherever. It was late at night. She got into bed and uh, heard movement down by the side of her bed. So she reached over to pet her dog, who she thought was making the noise, and the dog licked her hand. And, oh, I hate this story. I yeah. know this story. No. Know where this is going. And then she <laughs> wakes up in the morning and, and sees that her dog has been, you know, something bad's happened to her dog. Uh, and written in blood on the wall will say, like, humans can lick too, or something like that. Uh, in this episode, you hear, you see, uh, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Which is definitely another variation of this legend. Um, now, none of what I was reading was from uh, the show Supernatural. That's just like actual folklore, you know, for this urban legend. Not that any of this is based in any kind of truth, but this is an urban legend that exists in our real world. Well, you, you actually did us you did us a solid because you just described exactly the cold open and like twenty minutes out of the yep. rest of the main episode. Um, yeah, so that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, we we don't have to go through this. the The key details is that we've got like our main character, our main guest star here, is kind of shy. Um, and so she's, and she goes out on this date and then it, the hook man thing happens and then she is fucking shook about this hook man stuff. I think that, well, we, our hook man, should we, do we want to just discuss like why he's doing what he's doing? Because that's kind of like the key to the episode. Sure. Yeah. On, on the monster that. standpoint of it. So he's this, this, what, he's an old reverend. Is that, is that my right? Yeah, he's an old minister. He's got some mythology around him. My notes, um, let me let me look at my notes, and it says, yep, right here it just says, uh, hopefully Chris wrote all this down and researched it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is kind of my job. But uh, well, he's, a, he's a pissed off reverend who's essentially uh, attacking anybody who um, gets, who endangers this girl, like corrupts her in some way. I, I'm trying to remember the details of it. Basically, anyone that this, this innocent church girl uh she starts to uh make out with this guy who's kind of trying to go a little bit further than she's ready for uh he gets killed her roommate who's like influencing her and telling her to dress a certain way like oh go and party have fun uh do immoral th things uh she gets killed and then even her own father who is overbearing and trying to protect her uh is actually dating a married woman so he's a sinner himself uh, and he himself is, is also killed. So this girl is kind of dealing with a lot of grief and a lot of guilt. And I, well, I'll open this up and stop running my mouth. But I think that this episode, basically the entire thing just is supposed to serve as a mirror to Sam's own guilt and grief over the death of Jessica. Because that's a theme that's returned to many times, especially in season one. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because um, at first they, the the brothers think that it's it's her dad doing it. Um, that is actually like using, uh, because I think they go back and like, there's actually been different points in history since that original minister died. And I have his name, something Carnes, Jacob Carnes. Um, since Jacob Carnes got killed, uh, there were, uh, there would be like stretches of murders 
of uh, uh, with a serrated sharp, uh, you know, object. Yeah. And they were all tied to um, uh, uh, members of like a, a church or, 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 you know, something like that yeah, where, yeah. Uh, and then it would turn out that, you know, they, they had these secrets that they were keeping that they were, you know, quote unquote living in sin. Um, and so they think that it's her dad at first, but then yeah, her dad gets attacked and they find out it's actually whoever, um, and it only happened, uh, to her dad after she found out, uh, of, about the affair that he was having, yeah. um, yeah. with, uh, one of his church members. And then that's when they figure oh, it's because of her and she's not even doing it intentionally. It's actually because she's wearing a necklace that's made from the gold that was, uh, part of, uh, the melted down hook. Of the original, right, uh, right. original should i read the episode synopsis because i kind of skipped right over that <gasps> and these are great these are so these are so corny they're fantastic steven i'm really sad that you didn't write these but i'll read it anyway. you know what? Uh, let's just continue like i did oh you're a great writer uh in a quiet <laughs> iowa college town a minister prays to protect his par- parishioners uh or par- i'm <laughs> a minister prays to protect his parishioners' children, but another minister, a two centuries old mammon with a hook for a hand, wants them terrified, slashed, and dead. See, that's Just weird because that's exactly how I want my uh, waffles when I go to Waffle House: <laughs> terrified, slashed, and dead, and covered, and covered, and sometimes chopped if I'm feeling hammed. So, yeah. Hell yeah! Um, this episode. Well, first of all, Sam and Dean crash yet another funeral. Uh, yep. just, basically, they might as well have just kicked in the church doors, like blasting ACDC, the way that they just barrel in, like, oh, sorry, uh, your teenage son was just murdered. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come back later. It's not a big deal. Yeah, there's um sweet, sweet sermon preach. I, I, this whole thing is is kind of interesting to me. There's, but there's like the whole episode, Chris, and I'm in full agreement with you. Like, I think this episode is mostly just a foil for to Sam to kind of process his own shit. Uh, but we do get some like so, some interesting stuff. This is the first episode. Uh, once they figure out that this is a Hookman thing, they go out into the woods where the Hookman attacked uh, Homegirl's boyfriend, and mm-hmm. we were introduced to the concept of rock salt and shotguns. Yeah. So they yeah. basically they're basically loading shotgun shells full of rock salt with the idea that even though you can't kill a ghost like that it's still a, a deterrent um and this is one of the things that awesome. maybe sold me on the show to begin with like it's it so fucking cool, cool. yeah <laughs> like yeah between like the we get both that and the first time we actually see them salt and burn uh some bones uh oh, yeah. the first time we actually get to see that they've talked about doing that and i think they've talked about uh, salt uh, deterring uh, spirits before, and apparently Dean and uh, and John Winchester they were the first two to have ever thought of putting rock salt in shotgun shells. Which is, well, that's very interesting. Hey, you know, you know what that is? That's a fucking lie. Bobby Singer f- figured that shit out and told John yeah, Winchester about right. it, and John Winchester well, has pretended yeah, they, about it but like, ever since. Up like, yeah, me and Dad came up with it. I thought you were going to say they came up with the whole like salt repelling ghost thing because like that's what that's the thing that people in real life believe yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's purification you guys don't have salt that you pour like around your doorsteps or anything i mean i have, I have to refill mine every night and that's so. about it <laughs> french fries are super safe from so <laughs> all right so we got sam and dean pretending to be frap pretty funny idea mm-hmm. yeah that's good um, and uh i really like when um when like Lori, who is the roommate that's going to later die in the episode, tells this chick, okay. is like, hey, why don't you come out with this? We're going to go do, uh, we're going to do tequila shots and watch reality bites. Like, yeah. what? 
When's so the last time you've seen man. Reality Bites? Why would you get drunk and watch that movie? Because <laughs> they're bad girls. They're bad girls. They watch. They wanted to be like we're gonna bites. do tequila shots and do some blow, but they couldn't say that on the CW. I guess that's true. Yeah, because they're really bad at being bad girls. I'm like, that's like the most mild yeah. college girl I've ever seen. Oh, you're gonna make out, huh? You bad girl. Uh, <laughs> There's also a moment early on where the roommate says, uh, "Like, don't do anything I wouldn't do," and they, the our guest star, the preacher's daughter, is like, "That would be anything," and she's like. Yeah, I would pretty much just do anything, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, we also get some some good stuff. Like, I, 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 Sam and Dean at one point decide that they have to sneak into the sorority to sorority house to. See, this is after the roommate has been killed, right. and as they're climbing up, Dean says uh, to Sam, "Hey, stay out of their underwear drawer." Which number one <laughs> isn't what you call women's underwear, and number two, like. He who smelt it, dealt it, dog. Like, that's obviously what she were thinking about doing. <laughs> He's just, like super jazzed about the sorority girls as soon as they show up. He's like, yes, you think we'll see a naked pillow fight? He's yeah. the first thing he says. Well, he's just, Dean is just somebody who doesn't know what college is, and he all of his ideas <laughs> of college come from him. So Sam is like, shut up. No. Like, that's not like, but when they pile in, when they climb in through the window of the sorority house, uh, and there's like, uh, you be quiet. No, you be quiet. They, they do that, like, <laughs> yeah. this shitty little back and forth thing, but, like, it's tiny moments like that that actually like make me laugh yeah, like, i really so like stupid, that kind of stuff. but it's these grown-ass men who were like out there killing ghosts and fighting demons and they just saved a plane from crashing but they're still brothers who are like slapping each other on the arm like Dude, like it's <laughs> that's what uh i think really brings a lot of charm to the show yeah um we, we also get like a, yet another time that they get arrested um they're we, we talked about this yeah. during the episode uh that we were talking about previously but they get arrested because they're in the woods with a shotgun. Uh, luckily, the shotgun mm-hmm. wasn't actually loaded, and then they just pretend it. They pass it off as just being frat boys. And uh, but the thing that's interesting boys, to me about this, they're they're immediately released. Which, I mean, they, that could only happen if you're two white guys. And then they go immediately oh, yeah. rob a church. <laughs> if this was 2016, that you would have been gunned down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but even really like taking it back or step like being serious. Like when I saw that scene, like it was legitimately like holy shit, like. They're having like a, they're having a real standoff with guns. It's so bad. Yeah, like they could easily get yeah, shot. You just need one trigger happy deputy, and that's all you fucking need. Yeah. And never, things are going to go bad. I think that there was just less uh, gun anxiety in two thousand five. Yeah, and Probably. I think they try to write it off like it's a college town, and then Dean's like, "Oh yeah, he's a, he's a pledge," which Sam is like the oldest and most giant pledge I've ever seen. <laughs> so. Again, look, I'm just like Dean. I'm just out here like without a college degree getting by. So maybe that pledges look <laughs> like that. I don't know. I'm watching CW. I'm not. I'm not in biology. <laughs> so the, what the else? does anything else happen in this episode? <laughs> yeah. So the brothers split up. Uh, Sam is going to go take care. Uh, Sam is going to go watch the preacher's daughter because they think she's going to be attacked next. Dean, meanwhile, goes and burns the body. Yeah, and tries to like find all the church's silver to burn it. Which, like, okay, you're robbing the joint. Uh, and then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, super creepily, Sam like starts kind of like putting out the vibes to this chick, right? Like, oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not wrong in saying that, right? Like, he's floating something no. out to, to her. Yeah, he makes out on her on her face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, I guess that's a way to that say that you were floating. That really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's getting, he's getting a hand in there, like a hand on the face. Pretty much you know, what Chris did to that banana before we started recording. You guys don't want to know anything about what I did to that banana. All right, <laughs> all bad. If you want, if you want to know what happened to that banana, you can see that. 
That's a uh, callback to a thing that's not in the episode. It's not in the episode. Don't worry, I was recording the entire time, so it'll be in the uh, off okay. season. Um, I do want to bring up the the ghost fight at the end of this. Like oh, Sam yeah. is macking on this, this girl. Cool. The the dad like opens up the door and is like, "What the hell are you kids doing out there?" Hookman just straight up hooks the dude, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get like a full on ghost fight where like the ghost is shoving Sam around. Sam gets shoved into another bookcase of books. A reoccurring theme again in this series. And, um, yeah, like Dean shows up and they're having like a full ghost fight. I like ghost fights guys. Like this is good for me. Yeah, this this is all really works. Cool. Ghost fights mm. is what sells the show. That's, that's when I originally started watching it, even though I didn't like it, I was like, dudes just like have gunfights with ghosts. Like, Sounds pretty dope. Yeah, sounds sounds good. Well, yeah, I was watching really, the, problem, the problem with a ghost is you can't have any action with it because it's this incorporeal form and it can be all powerful and you can't really do anything to it. But once you like introduce like, oh, these dudes in leather jackets can just shoot it with a shotgun. Yeah. Like that's kind of awesome. they, they create rules that allow them to have exciting moments. Yeah, and as most yeah, and with, as with most fiction, like stuff. the more rules that you have around it, like the more interesting you can get with it. Like the more you can Definitely. play around with that. So. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it just being, it's a ghost. It could be anything. I don't know. It's just uh, funny yeah. that this this reverend is like a Van Helsing combo with his, his big hat yeah. and like duster in his hook hand. He's pretty elaborate. <laughs> Definitely the coolest looking minister I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and just to finish out the episode, uh, they finally figure out like 20 minutes late that the, the cross that this homegirl is wearing is actually what was left of the hook. So they burn the cross. Hookman dies and like some pretty cool CGI. Like that was some pretty awesome. Um, and then like Sam makes out with this chick some more and then just jets. And yeah. <laughs> makes out on her face Gene yet says, again and then leaves. Gene says, You sure you don't want to stay? And Sam dramatically is like, No, we're good. Let's go. Uh, why would Dean want to stay? Why was yeah, he even mm. offering that? He wouldn't let him stay when his girlfriend got caught on fire. Like, he's, <laughs> he's going to stick around for this random church girl that Sam made out with? Unless he's like, you want to stay the night, bro? Like, I guess that's I the way that, I think but... he's saying it. Which I'm just like, ew. Why? Like, if my brother ever, like, tried to, like, insert himself into uh, any part of my love life, like, that would be like, nope. All right, you're done. Go away now. Sam is just like, like I must stop remain talking. pure <laughs> for all the women who will die for me later. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. That's, uh, that's Hookman. That's Hookman. It's he, pretty, I mean, it's a fun episode, and not a lot happens. Like he says, it's the mirror to Sam, but it, it's a fun episode to watch. Yeah, definitely. Chris, do you have any wrap-up thoughts? I think, um, yeah, the, the whole mirror thing, I think this is a time for Sam to, I guess they're trying to show him getting over Jess in a way. The fact that he's able to uh, have a makeout scene in front of this girl's dad's house um, means that he's he's in the coping process. It's clearly like a sorrowful smooch, as much as I'm making fun fun of it like uh you can see like jared padalecki he looks like he is sad when he does it but he's still doing it anyway because it's something that's there she's her boyfriend just got hooked up too you know so they're both pretty sad and they just need to kiss through their grief kissing through my grief available on amazon prime at the kindle (laughs) store right now the subtitle is they kissed it was dope they kissed it was dope kissing through their grief (laughs) i don't have much to add uh i'm i'm kind of Again, not a whole lot of happens in this episode. Like, there's some there's some funny stuff, but like we could kind of skip past a, a lot of it.
right into episode number eight, entitled Bugs. Chris, hit us with that episode synopsis. After a construction worker is killed by insects burrowing into his brain, let me repeat that. A construction worker (laughs) is killed by insects burrowing into his brain. The brothers investigate the town's history and find that new a new housing development is being built on sacred Indian land with a curse attached. Ooh, you guys. Is there some kind of, other kind of sacred Indian land? I, I don't know. Like, isn't that always cursed, I feel like, if you're, like, trampling all over that? Yeah, nine times out of ten. Yeah. I, would, I mean, like, <laughs> I the, the one out of ten being, like, if they decided to build a casino, right? Like, that's the only time that it's not cursed. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, so and I, that's only uh, because the Indians build the casinos. <laughs> Right, yeah. right. I skip this episode sometimes, like when I had done several West Times and some of the other episodes. And, yeah. Um, but it doesn't stop me every day on my way to work for the several years I've been driving by housing development and I deal with <laughs> bugs nearly every day. <laughs> I this damn episode nearly every day. I have, like, th- this cold opening is actually, like, I really, like, it, it's real nondescript because it's two people. I mean, this is two kind of, like, whatever, you know, construction worker Dochmos that are standing out there. This is actually like like this actually really uh creeps me out uh, in a real big bad way. Not only because we get close up shots of like bugs crawling into this dude's eye and ear. Like that's creepy. That's but also like the the dudes like I don't know what it is. Like a lot of times whenever you see like construction workers or something like that portrayed in fiction, it's real stereotypical and you know like one of them's got like a real strong Boston accent even though this you know whatever takes place in California like that happens a lot. Yeah. Um we have a I've lot of construction lot of workers in Boston. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've worked with a lot of people like that um, in like situations like that. And like rewatching it this time, I was like, man, it's a dumb small detail, but I'm like, oh man, like this is kind of not an uncommon occurrence for just a sinkhole to just open up. Like that's super creepy to think about. Like maybe there's like killer bugs inside one of those, especially here in Florida. Yeah. We have lots of sinkholes. It's not, it's not <laughs> good guys. I got a little distracted because when you said that this episode took place in California, I went to the Supernatural it Wiki. Sorry. And, uh, no, no, which is fine. I just was curious where it actually – because a neat thing about the Supernatural Wiki is that they do like GPS coordinates. And uh, if you click yes. on that, you can actually see a map of every place that the Supernatural Boys have went <laughs> with episode That's titles. Cool. Yeah, this is actually kind of cool. Um, I, I like this episode. I like this episode a lot because of the practical special effects. Uh, the very yeah. the, the cold open when this dude falls in and like you see beetles go all over him. That looks that's not. Maybe I'm wrong. That doesn't look like CGI to me. It looks like they actually spent some time to like do some work with this. And I'm always a big fan of practical effects. So that it was. It's just it's just fun. The, the episode overall is one of these weird. Like the viewers already know what's happening 20 minutes into it, but like, we still have to go talk to a lot of people before the boys can understand it. Um, like not only do they track down what looks like granddaddy Winchester. Did you guys mark this dude? Like with the white hair, like the professor or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, this looks like Grant. He might as well be a Winchester and I didn't look it up. He probably will be at some point. Like he's probably already reappeared (laughs) in the series. But not only do they find, and this is Stephen. This goes back to what you were complaining with with in episode two of the podcast. But you know, they they find an old guy to tell them a bunch of stuff. But all the old guy tells them is like to go find an even older guy. So like, there's two <laughs> scenes of this, and then man, the Indian scene is just when they when they approach the old Indian elder or whatever he's supposed to be, the dude in the diner, and it's like that whole exchange where Dean is like, "Well, we're here from then." He's like, "You're lying." <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Well, that goes back to my point from like whatever two episodes ago when he, when Dean 
like I say, he, he lies to everyone else. But he, he's even I, I was saying he was honest with himself. I'm not necessarily sure Dean is honest with himself, but he's confident in what he is. He thinks he's honest with himself. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. thinks that he's like, well, I'm just a hunter and I'm just here doing the thing. I like kicking a little bit of ass. I like drinking beer. Uh, I don't know why he just got a southern accent. <laughs> he just went real southern real quick. <laughs> I'm just drinking beer, man. That's all I'm doing over here. That's all I'm doing. I'm just going to drink beer and cool guys. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, he's, he, he's still – he's putting on a facade to other people um, where he tries to schmooze his way through situations. I feel like I'm contradicting myself, but whatever. It works. Yeah. It's fine. But, Jeremy, you were saying you enjoyed this episode, and, and I had been kind of making fun of it before. But I, I sort of enjoyed it too, and I think that there's actually a lot more redeeming qualities of this episode. I just thought that it was silly uh, that the the enemy is the monster of the week is bugs. But yeah. there's actually just a lot of maybe not growth with the characters, but there's a lot of fleshing out with Sam and uh, yeah, with because, their dad. Um, yeah, because um, they like Jeremy said, like we we go into this episode and like okay, we get it, bugs are killing people. Um, and if you have like, in, if you're trying to think about this like seriously at all, you're probably going to think, oh, Indian burial ground probably is going to be the explanation for this because that's a thing that happens. Um, but like, I think that allows them to kind of fill out more of this episode with um, not like serious character building, which they do, but like the small little details, like in this detail, and this actually comes up later in the show. Dean watches Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and then actually like the whole bit with dean in the in the steam shower like i think that that kind of stuff is like really funny and that's that they they're able to do that because the audience is already there so they're not having to spend as much time as as they might need to on setting up what the villain is even though they still spend uh way too long with that um but i like the kind of like small little side stuff and it's stuff like that that helps these episodes moving forward uh, mm-hmm. kind of still fun to watch i think i, I mentioned in the uh, the chat to you guys and that maybe i'm not even sure if it's but uh when dean comes out of the uh biker bar where he had just like won some money at poker <laughs> and like it's like it looks like you know like a, a badass biker bar there's people just out on the porch drinking beer you imagine there's cigarettes all over the place broken bottles here and there Dean walks out looking, you know, looking like he might he might be able to hang out there. And then collegiate Sam <laughs> on the hood of the Impala at its dark out, yet he's still reading the newspaper, just casually waiting for Dean to come back out. Like, go have a beer, you nerd. What are you waiting for? Also, don't sit on my fucking car. That know, hood right? cost $87. I have to replace it every other week. The stupid little <laughs> buttons on your jeans are going to scratch the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty goofy. Uh, the one thing that we haven't mentioned here, and this is one, one of the reasons I think this episode works now, and I didn't particularly care about it at the time, um, but they, they quickly find like the guy who is putting this real estate deal together and who's trying to sell all these properties has a son who is regretfully into insects. Um, but, but Sam <laughs> immediately, yeah, Sam immediately bonds with this. Like from the first interaction with the kid and his son, he's, he's, you know, asked Dean, like, does that remind you of anybody? It's like, Oh, you know, dad was never like that to, to us. And Sam's like, who the fuck are you talking about? Like, did you remember our childhood? <laughs> and really you know, starts to establish how different they feel about John. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're two, like the same things can happen, but two people can have two totally different takes on it. And, uh, this is going to be, and I hate to keep saying it's going to be a reoccurring theme, but guess what? There's a lot of reoccurring themes. <laughs> this is going to keep coming up with the boys. Like Dean has a 
really just drastically different idea of who his father was and what he did and how his life has proceeded than Sam does. And Sam is at his heart, very unhappy with the whole thing. Like he is not into this mm-hmm. at all. Now I feel like I, I can get where Sam is coming from with it, but like, I, I like, yes, the, uh, Oh God, what is the guy's, uh, Matthew's the kid that likes bugs and his dad's name is Larry. Um, Larry is like so irrationally angry about his son liking bugs like it's kind of ridiculous Uh, no (laughs) but like i feel like the advice that sam gives matthew like i feel like that's like way too far in the other direction like because obviously like yes what sam and dean went through like is like essentially child abuse (laughs) like um the the stuff that they had to deal with so i can kind of understand why sam's like hey you need I needed to get out of there. You know, I needed to leave all of this behind. College is the greatest thing that's going to happen to me. But like, I feel like the problems between Larry and Matt, like, like the, he's like telling that kid, like, Hey, you just need to just wait till you leave home and leave all of your family behind. Like I'm a little bit more on Dean's side. Whenever Sam is talking directly to Matthew, I'm like, that seems so extreme. Like y'all can like meet in the middle. Like maybe don't be so creepy about the bugs and try to put spiders on people. But like also, don't be super pissed at your son all the time for taking an interest in something. <laughs> they have a complicated relationship, certainly. And Sam is, uh, yeah, Sam's projecting himself onto the boy and not really thinking too much further than that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really want to go into like all of the details in this, but yeah. like. It's just bugs. Yeah. Like there's bugs really and they figure out is. there's bugs. Um, I do want to remark <laughs> upon just the terrible CGI that we get in a, uh, like a shower scene. Um, with one of the real estate agents, the the lady, because of course the lady gets the shower scene. Um, That's right. And like the terrible, like fuzzy spiders that come out of everywhere. Like, well, also like she has a giant spider craw- crawl across her face, and she is the most muted reaction to anybody <laughs> ever having a spider crawl across their face. Like, I would, I'd be up, I'd be, uh, everything would be turned over until that spider was dead, and then I wouldn't be able to sleep. Well, the the thing that actually, the reason I find this scene charming is because of something my wife said, which is, um, like, she she doesn't, like, the spiders don't kill her. She dies because she jumps out through the glass of the shower door and kills herself, like, gets gets cut up. And as we were watching this, Autumn turned to me and goes, that's me. That's how I die. Like, if you see spiders coming out of the wall, I'm not going to stop to open the shower door. I'm going through the shower door. (laughs) Think of the weight of that glass coming down. That's definitely absolutely what murdered her, but she would definitely be cut in half by that. Uh, yeah, seriously. No way she would just crawl out, and a little bit of blood would be like laying behind her. This housing development and uh, these real estate agents—they—they they provide some actually like pretty good for the boys because when they first show up and you know for the open house, the uh, what's his name, Larry Matthew's dad, very very nicely says, you know, we accept anybody, uh, no matter your race or or sexual orientation or whatever and the, this is the first time that the boys have to be like yo i know that we're both super hot and super close but we're not a gay couple <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i think this actually I, I was a little bit worried to be perfectly honest coming back into this like i was like oh, man is this gonna be like just like i i find myself look uh re-watching comedies of of uh the days of yore uh like early 2000 uh late 90s and there's a lot of times where just the humor is, man, they're gay. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, like that is a punchline. And I was a little bit worried about that coming into this, but I think it's actually, I think that it actually still kind of works because of the idea that they are brothers. So that actually would be 
a little bit kind of weird if they were together. I so I think it's, it really is them worse. commenting on the fact that uh, from an outsider's perspective, I think that the reason that there's so much shipping is because you're legitimately looking at two hot dudes who are very intimate with each other. And mm-hmm. as much as uh, this show, I mean, this show stumbles when it comes to feminism and, and ideas of masculinity in, in some ways, but in other ways, it also shows a very different version of masculinity. These very open, emotional dudes mm-hmm. who don't mind sharing their feelings and to the outside world that is often just seen as, oh, they are gay. Um, yeah. But this show is constantly trying to say, no, this is this is anybody. You don't have to be a certain yeah, way. Dudes. And it's, you know, this type, uh, go ahead, Jeremy. I lost my train of thought, so go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's rare that you see, uh, like, male relationships portrayed on television like this. Like, right. very much so. And it, it reminds me, even though I haven't played the game yet, uh, but just it reminds me of the Twitter response from Final Fantasy Fifteen, which is, there's a lot of video games about dudes out there, but, like, there's not a lot of video games about dudes being friends with one another in, like, actual friendship ways and not just, like, hand me my gun. Okay, bro, here's your gun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's none of that. And on Supernatural, like, these two guys, even though they're brothers, they actually have a friendship, even as destructive, <laughs> self-destructive as it might be at times. Like it's, so it's interesting that people automatically go to that conclusion, but I don't blame them for it at all. Like if you see yeah. these two people and like, especially like the audience for the show is obviously it skews young, like it skews into the teenage years. And when you're a teenager, like coming to terms with your own sexuality is, is a huge thing like i was lucky enough to be a straight white male in the south but i can only imagine if i'd been like a a transsexual individual or if i'd been gay or anything like my high school experience as bad as it was would be a thousand times worse like if i put myself in those shoes so being able to look to a show like this and actually see like an actual representation of something that you of, of an ideal it would probably be very very powerful and i can see would spawn all sorts of fanfic right like that's that's what that is is wish fulfillment yeah I mean, like, yeah, like, it, it's very rare that we actually see, like, any amount of heterosexual male intimacy, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like this, like, they're very, very open, so I can definitely see how it's, like, I never actually really thought of it that way, that, like, well, uh, yeah, of course, like, just because, you know, I've always, I can't divorce myself from the years of actually just watching the show and knowing the brothers. Um, but, uh, like, yeah, the idea that, um, that, yeah, that... How it, maybe that's just how some people view it and like uh yeah I, I like that idea i just hadn't ever really thought of it that way before that you know mm-hmm. that the show commenting on itself on how like hey this is cool so yeah i think it's actually just, like you guys are saying it's it's kind of important even just for the straight white man you know as much as anybody else needs to find their uh identity through whatever media they consume uh but just for these typical dudes you know who are afraid to show intimacy they they're the type of guys who have to say uh no homo after they say something nice to their friend just that kind of like uh small scale destructive like masculinity you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and this show just there's never any nobody ever has to comment on it people they they say oh are you too uh gay well they don't even really say that but um no it, in fact um, never... the, the second time it happens in the show dean lends it dean leans into it like the first yeah, time, just the, like okay, they're gonna keep thinking it. Let's just go with it. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go get some coffee, honey, and then like slap Sam on the ass, and just goes right into it because like they're comfortable. Obviously, they're brothers, so they can be that comfortable. But I really think this reads as just comfort between friends of being like that close to each other. That like, right. and I, yeah. I think that that open vulnerability between these guys uh, is actually super masculine, and I think that it's like really positive for for young boys to see the, these kind of relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I want to, I I just want to, I want to mention again, like as 
getting into some of the more details of this plot. And, and again, we're not going to go step by step. I think an episode like skin kind of deserves that treatment where you want to see yeah. exactly what happened. But some of these like going step by step and they found some more bugs. bugs. Oh, there's some more <laughs> bugs over here. I just want to call out again, how excruciating the scene with the old Indian guy is like, it takes Dude, it's so long ever. Um, and there's a, there's a moment here where, uh, cause he, the, the, the Indian tells him like, it only happens when the sun and the, uh, the moon are in the sky together. And as they're walking out, uh, Dean looks over at Sam and it's like, Oh yeah. Like the equinox. Right. And like, to me, that was my first clue that maybe, and guys, I don't know how this season's going to bear this out, but just maybe they didn't actually kill the shifter and the shifter has succeeding and replacing Dean. <laughs> Cause why does Dean know what the equinox is? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying you could approach the series from a whole different angle. If you assume that the oh, Dean was replaced man. in episode five. With the shapeshifter. There's got to be some rock song about the Equinox or something. Why you know There's also a scene, a, fun, a very fun scene, where they, after they find all of the uh, skulls, and they box them up, and they put them in the back of the Impala, uh, and then they drive to the university so they can go talk to uh, Grandfather Winchester, whoever it was. Uh, <laughs> but it's when they get out of the car that they're like, so, we found these skulls. What do you think? Like they have this like very exposition conversation Sam and Dean with each other. He's like, Y'all just drove from there. Like you drove across the town. What were you doing that whole time? Also, Not Sam talking drove. during the Led Zeppelin very song, weird. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that they were just uh, a song that Dean liked came on, so he turned it up and Sam got drowned out. He's used to it by now. He's like, I'll just wait till we get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's, that's really pretty much it. Uh, yeah. like at the end yeah, of like this, wait the night out is all it really is. They yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the literally house. saved by Deus ex <laughs> Solaire. Like the bugs are about to eat everybody and like a, a, a ray of sunshine comes in and then the bugs are gone. And a and, short little, uh, Matthew and Larry, like Matthew, he's like, I can't lie to you, dad. Um, when Dean tries to hatch the plan for this is how you get him out of the house. Matthew is like, I, I have to be honest with my dad. And they they fight, but then they come together. And I think it's supposed to be like, look at Sam. You could come together with John, too. Yeah, yeah but like Sam has way more problems with his dad than Insect Boy does. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is going to take a, way, a little longer. Way more baggage. <laughs> <laughs> If uh, if Sam and if Sam and his dad could come together over just one minor bug attack, that would have happened years ago. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there, there is, and this goes back to my complaint about the, uh, lake episode. I don't remember the name of the lake episode, but the, uh, at the end of the, I'm sorry, what was it? Dead in the water. Dead in the water. Thank you. Um, at the end of dead in the water, like the boys have not actually done anything. Like, I think there's an argument to be made (laughs) that that vengeful spirit is still in the water and still haunting the fuck out of the town. They just harassed grieving men. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, I guess Dean did technically save. Um, yeah, he saved a kid. I'm just saying, but like another kid's going to swim in that lake at some point. <laughs> and, and, and just like here, uh, and just like that episode here at the end of this, the real estate agent is like, Oh no, I'm going to not sell all these houses that they must've spent millions of dollars investing yeah, in. There's no way that wasn't going to happen. Like the company is just kicking in the door. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. Pulls him out of there, fires him and then gets someone else in there that is going to sell the houses. Yeah. And the, well, they, maybe they'll put up like a sign or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, beware of bugs. <laughs> you know, my friend, when I lived in Phoenix, I had a friend that lived on a, uh, on a, it's a, like some sort of migration trail of scorpions. So like once a year, oh, they just had God. to really watch out for scorpions. 
that's a thing. <laughs> oh yeah. It's not. It's. They, I don't know why they build the houses there, but there you go. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's a similar thing. But this this happens too, and there's like a little lip service paid to. Oh, the government's going to come in here on the, because of all those bones that you found, and like probably shut this place down. But like, you're still not. That's you haven't not fixed happens. the problem. Like <laughs> these bugs can easily come back at any time. Yeah. I, and also, that's not what happens when the government steps in. As far as like, also that, especially not in Oklahoma. I, I'm pretty sure after this, Sam and Dean just decide that bugs are beneath them and they're not going to with them anymore. Yeah, we got bigger Whatever shit happens, to handle. Some other hunter can deal with it. Um, yeah, but that it just irks me when there's not like a finality to these things, unless they, it's going to get brought up again. I don't think we ever see any bugs like the. I don't see, think we see like a bug monster no. of the week. I guess it's kind of uh, tough to just like break a. Hundred year old curse or whatever. Sometimes it's easier just to stick a stake through a vampire's heart, you know, than it is to uh, stop it's, all those bees from getting in your attic. It's definitely way more interesting <laughs> as a viewer. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris, I don't think we asked because of kind of the weird way we went through the episode. Was there anything in Dad's journal about bugs? Like, I didn't. I didn't, was uh, there, I didn't bother to check. Was there, was there just a dead bug in Dad's journal? I'm sure that there was like something in between the pages. About, I'm sure there's something about curses. Um, yeah, I think he, that's what it is. It's about he gave his review of the Pixar movie bugs. Is that about <laughs> Pixar? I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean. that animated sure. movie. Uh, Good. He didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like it he didn't like it um since we're also, um, i, I imagine john's uh, dad's journal to also be like kind of like a diary sure so, yeah. so sometimes he says today saw bugs didn't like it <laughs> do also, not i just wanna, do not I stop at that chipotle the, off of i-10 <laughs> it's just very bad the old indian dude's name because i was checking in the dad's journal and i decided to click on uh, native american to see what that pulled up and uh that guy the old guy the old indian guy's name is joe white tree good fun fact and just that's all i got from dad's journal while we're tossing facts out there, um, the kid who plays Larry in this um, also comes back in season eight as a different character right. completely. So, that's right. yep, that's at least two that I've caught so far. I think th- I think I might be missing some readers or excuse me, listeners. If you're out there, like please, please write in if we're anybody that gets duplicated that I forgot to call out, and I, I will <laughs> mention that. It is funny how often they reuse characters or actors. When when he first came back, I actually. I uh, was wondering if they did it on purpose. Is like, he supposed to be the same character? Because <laughs> it's just changed, I guess. I mean, great that it's been seven years, so who knows? Back then, the bugs controlled me. Now, I control the bugs. Oh, he's like well, a bug master he, villain? He's like a bug master, yeah. <laughs> he's the bug man. I was going to say, he actually did wind up leaving home and created a new identity for himself because he just couldn't handle it with his Yeah, dad. the bug master. Yeah, good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> you did great. <laughs> you could have been anything and you named yourself the bug master. The fuck are you thinking? First name, the last name, bug master. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, any wrap-up thoughts on <laughs> bugs? Okay. okay, bugs was not as bad as I remembered it. It offered for uh, Sam and Dean's relationships uh, with John and how they differ. And uh, Sam coming to terms with the fact that at some point in the near future, he may end up seeing John Winchester again. Uh, we also learned that it's it's kind of a nice moment, actually, of, of acting between the two, where Dean reveals to Sam, he's like, yo, you just blue town and went off to college and 
never bothered to say anything to us. But dad used to go to college uh, to Stanford and, and check on you and just like watch. And as much as that's creepy, he, you know, he's like, he used to just want to make sure that you were okay, that no monster was coming to find you for something that you did. And Sam never knew that. And uh, he, he kind of takes it to heart in a way. Like, well, I, I, you know, he, he says, why didn't dad ever tell me? And Dean's like, dude, you could have called him. You know, you could have picked up the phone. Uh, and it's this kind of a, uh, not like shock wave, but it hits, it hits Sam in the heart. And he realizes like, it was sometimes it was Sam pushing his dad out and not the other way around. Steven, any last thoughts? <laughs> um, no, I mean, that pretty much about sums it up with this episode, you know, not really a whole lot going on other than bugs. Uh, and you know, yeah, they get the little bit of, uh, just a little more character building on, uh, on Sam, just kind of seeing outside sources reflected back on him. Uh, kind of giving him these juxtapositions leading up to eventually, you know, if and when they actually find their dad. Yep. Uh, these three episodes as a whole, I think, um, again, continue our trend from the last episode of the podcast where we are kind of surprised, or at least I'm not going to speak for you, but I was surprised about how, how much I like them. And oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Again, in remembering this stuff, I just, I just thought that they were going to be bullshit episodes, but they're actually doing some pretty deft character development with Sam and Dean and like these little windows into the backstory. Again, mm-hmm. I think, I think they're spinning some wheels a lot of times to fill that 45 minute slot, but that's, yeah. I can't really hold that at the fault of the show. Like the show gets 45 minutes. They're going to make 45 minutes. So I'm not going right. to criticize them too bad for that. Um, uh, overall, th- these are really good. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> we talked about it the last episode, which um, listeners like will h- heard last week, but we recorded literally yesterday. So, um, <laughs> like I, w- I kept wanting to watch more episodes. In fact, I'm I'm trying yeah. to com- I'm going to co- try to convince my wife to like watch the next three episodes so that I can take notes on them tonight because <laughs> so, I'm just excited <laughs> to watch it now. Like I haven't gotten that far. I haven't seen these next three in, in years, so I'm I'm really into it. Yeah, and these next three are really good. The they're really really good. Which ones are they? Do we want to say for the for the list? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No the next three episodes we'll be covering are episodes nine, ten, eleven, respectively. Home, Asylum, and then Scarecrow. Uh, I'm, and I'm I'm excited about all those three. Uh, mm-hmm. If we didn't talk about it on the podcast, and I don't think we did, we're pretty much going to be trying to hit three episodes of the show per episode of the podcast. Um, with the exception of the season openers and the season finales, which I think deserve a little bit more um, closer scrutiny so that we can talk about them. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, a little bit more in detail. Um, Any last thoughts before we we killed this episode, guys? I guess, uh, I guess I'm good. That's it. Chris, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at local bones on Twitter. If they, if people, I I don't know. That was good. I love that delivery. (laughs) Local bones. Um, if people like your voice, like where else can they, can they hear your voice? I am on a podcast called the chomp chain podcast, which is about video games. And I also do a podcast called Shonen chomp, which is about, uh, sadly it is about anime. Um, <laughs> look forward to the crossover episode on the supernatural episode on the supernatural anime <laughs> sure. with Shonen chomp. Sure. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is on, uh, it's on, uh, iTunes and, uh, I'm on local bones. On- oh. Yeah. Steven, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at FromSoftJunkie on the Twitterverse. And am I correct in assuming that you also have a podcast? Uh, yeah, um, uh, including this one. Uh, I got um, another one called Platformers, which is, you guessed it, about video games. Uh, just mean, so it's it's actually more just an excuse for me and some friends to uh, sit down and hang out and just talk about our week, which usually just for a majority involves video games. Nice. 
And uh, you've also been doing some guest appearances on Radio Free Midworld, uh, which, yeah. Chris, we got to get you on that pretty soon, too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Jeremy Greer. I've read The Dark Tower five times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I need to sign I'll, we'll talk after the show uh, I've been Jeremy Greer you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer um, I also have many other podcasts that you can find at JG Greer <laughs> so just go look for my shit there uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at MOTWcast we're also on Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook so you know feel free to go find us and like us or follow us or whatever the, the current terminology is Please like us and leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps us, especially in the early days of a podcast, which we're definitely in. And until next time, they kissed and it was so dope. Cool. You just tell me what to do, and I'll try to do it. I want you to finish Santa, Chris. It did. It, I, I, it's all over my desk. <laughs> it's been thoroughly chewed, so don't stress out about it anymore. Chewing a banana isn't finishing it. Well, I got the peel, too. I chewed that. Oh. All right, guys. It's gross. <laughs>